Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi, welcome to the PO Podcast, a podcast where we discuss movies from two separate vantage points, pessimist and optimist. Very clever name, right? Or what I like to call my view right, your view wrong. Sure, either way. <laughs> I'm mostly wrong all the time. Just ask my wife. <laughs> yeah, nice rim shot. It was horrible. Whatever you do, don't ever call it a rim job. Anyways, I'm Joe. <laughs> and the laughing guy's Adam. And this week, Adam's going to take the pessimist role while we're looking at the movie Batman v Superman. And I'm going to do my best to take the optimist's role. Oh, and, uh, mean do think, your best. I mean, Come I'm, on, man. I'm going to do my best, all right? You, you heard it be, there first, folks. Be, be positive. Be positive. <laughs> I don't feel like you're getting into this. Well, you know, sometimes I'm real positive about the dumps I take. You know? Other, <laughs> other times I'm not. So we'll just, uh, that's how I look at this movie. <laughs> I wonder how that motivational speech goes every time you go in. Well, it depends on which fiber I had the previous day. Okay. <laughs> Did I eat my veggies? Is this going to go well? Uh, nice. Anyways, we're going right. to start off each episode talking about this movie. But before that, let's just go go into something uh, that we're going to do every week as well. So, uh, Adam, what what are you watching this week? What have you been watching? Anything good? Oh, I'll tell you what. Well, I know we talked about Batman vs. Superman. It came out on rental, of course, and so uh, my boy has been dying to watch it, so I got to watch that this week. Um, you got to. Okay. Well, I, I had the distinct privilege of watching <laughs> Batman vs. Superman, and so, um, which, uh, remind me later on, which is a good point um, later on in the show, uh, even from a pessimistic view. But anyways... Uh, no, I got to go through, uh, since last week, I went through the Netflix series Stranger Things. Oh, man, isn't it great? Oh, my gosh. It was like I was stepping back to cinematic history from, like, the 80s. I mean, the the, the nostalgic feel and oh, what I fell in love with. Spielberg oh. vibe, man. Oh, when I, what I fell in love with with movies back when I was a kid, it was like everything was there from the synthesized uh, score. <laughs> right. I mean, it was... Uh, it, it, it was a mix of everything glorious from the 80s. And tell you what, um, it was a really good job by some some kid actors even. I, I mean, it was really good. So I got to watch that. Um, um, that was really good. Uh, and then, oh, I watched a couple Jet Li flicks. Oh, which um, ones? Uh, I watched The Defender. And um, I shouldn't say one Jet Li fan. I watched The Defender and then I watched Ip. Man three, uh, Donnie Yen, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, Donnie Yen. Yeah, Donnie Yen, Ip Man three. So uh, did it end I, the series well? Um, no. Well, there's one more. I think there's did, Ip Man the final. Um, I thought that was the final one. Oh no, I think there's one more because it was on my, uh, you know, the suggested after the Netflix. So, anyways, but my kids got to watch um, Ip Man three, and I was worried because it's of course all in Chinese. 
and then the subtitles, but my kids read better than I do, so right. they follow the movie great, and I'm just like, uh, I, I, I watch pictures. <laughs> so anyways, um, my kids loved it. Uh, they thought it was awesome. My daughter's like, I want to do that, Dad. I want to do that, Dad. I want to beat uh, people up, Dad. I want to <laughs> throw people through tables. Yeah, um, why not? Right, right. I mean, help out great the- if you're a movie star, bad if you're a waiter. <laughs> that will... Uh, it will go well um, in her teen years, just in case. So, so, but yeah. So that's kind of. Uh, and then uh, I know we talked about anything. Um, my boy has my Xbox 360, and so uh, um, he got a controller, and so we started playing multiplayer uh, Modern Warcraft Two, co- the cooperative campaign. Modern Warcraft or Modern Warfare? I'm sorry, Modern Warfare. <laughs> modern Warcraft. It's amazing. I'm an orc with sweet guns. <laughs> right? Uh, flashbangs do nothing on orcs, by the way. Oh, uh, you know, I doubt they would. No. Uh, so, so yeah, those were some of the things we got to do this week. I didn't get to do a whole bunch of it, but it was enough to spend some time with the kids and watch some flicks, and uh, they liked it, so... Uh, so yeah, now I'm fighting the addiction of kids to Xbox now. That's awesome. Yeah. I have been delaying that for as long as I can. All right. So my boy, he has a TV upstairs in his room. It's like one of those old 19-inch tube TVs. Sure. <laughs> um, and so he plays on there, and he sits, you know, five inches close to oh, the I bet. Thanks to science. <laughs> thanks, thanks to relevant science today, we no longer think that it makes you go cross-eyed and or blind, <clears throat> even though a case could be made for me. Right. Um, uh, and so we hooked it up downstairs this week on the big 61 inch plasma. And he was like, Whoa, <laughs> look at all the colors. He's like, I didn't <laughs> see that there before. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, there's 40% of the screen you weren't even seeing before. You're right, right, right. So, so that was pretty fun. Pretty fun. Well, cool. Is that it? Anything on your phone you've been playing? No, I'm not a big app guy, dude. Uh, I'll download, ooh, it was two weeks ago, but I downloaded this game called Infection on my iPhone. Okay. And you create a disease, oh. and you have to kill off the world's population. <laughs> so It's always been a dream of mine since Pinky and the Brain. Um, <laughs> so you create this thing, and then you give it traits. As you uh, infect more people, you get points, and you get to develop your virus or whatever you have going on. And then uh, society starts fighting back, raising money, yada, yada, yada. And you got to find ways to make it. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. You got to find ways to make it uh, immune to the cold or the heat. And you use like rats or mosquitoes to, or like uh, 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 birds or whatever to spread it. it it's kind of fun. You try to kill it off. More often than times, the game wins. Maybe it's because I suck at it. but uh, Maybe because you don't really want to kill the whole world. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want to be a Bond villain like psych, Elon Musk? Psych, psych evaluation not needed. <laughs> um, yeah, like Elon Musk, right? Um, I don't know. Is he a Bond villain or is he? Uh, I, I think he's a bad day away from being a Bond villain. <laughs> yeah, I remember you put that post up there, and I, I did. I liked it. <laughs> Tell you what, you give somebody that much money, that much uh, ability and uh, resources, uh, what is it, absolute power? Yeah, corrupts absolutely, right? Yeah, except for with Jesus. But he's, mm-hmm. he, right now he's only using it to try to help people. Right. What if enough well, people piss him off? Well, but you look at it, I mean, 
But how many people have that point of view whenever they started whatever they're doing to help people out, you know, and they're given power and they take a bad turn. Shoot. Right. Um, you know, because, well, God well you know, the villains from their point of view, they're their hero. So. Right. Right. Which we'll talk right. about in this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, man? What have you been up to this week? I also watched Stranger Things. Mm. How can you not love it? I mean, I watched it in a sitting or two. Me and my wife sat down. We watched a whole thing. Oh yeah. my gosh, man! It was it's awesome. Took me back to. I mean, it even starts like ET starts, I and mean, it just took me right to that Spielbergian '80s vibe. Kid actors being kids that like we were when we were kids, you know. Oh yeah, dude! Nobody rides bikes around anymore. You ever and notice that? In the middle of the night, right? You no know, riding home. around like all the way across town. Like kids don't do that anymore. Shoot, yeah. And that was the life we led growing up, you know, just freedom. And See, we got into more trouble than we should have that way, which for, is... Yeah, for, for our <laughs> listeners, Joe and I, we, we grew up next door to each other, and this has been a lifelong friendship ever since he realized I was the coolest person in existence. So, and then he tried to bash my head in with a... Uh, what was that? Was it a... Well, I didn't let- try. I totally hit you with that thing. Well, yeah, it was a pipe. What was no, that? it was a stick. Was it a stick? I thought it was a uh, um, a pipe from your garage, a water pipe. I don't know. Who okay. knows? It was anyway. 30 years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. shoot, dude. We're getting old. So anyways, yeah, we used to play. We used to run around. And yeah, man, uh, I would never let my kids run 10, 15, a mile, you know, 10, 15 blocks or a mile from the home. Shoot, what? how far was the park from our house? A mile and a half? I don't know. Ways. Oh, man. We went everywhere. But anyways, but lighter, yeah, lit a drainage ditch on fire, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Busted a school window a time or two. Maybe, you know, <laughs> it's all innocent fun, though. Hypothetical. <laughs> and we had this discussion a while ago. Are we, are we, are we causing our kids a detriment by not letting them be as free as we were? You know, we, we keep them in a box all the time because we're protective because we know what's out there. I don't know. Right. Well, and things have just gotten bad. I mean, not just bad, but you think uh, people have resources they never used to have now, and they can do things uh, that, that weren't so easy to do back in the 80s. Oh, the 80s. Oh, man, just to say that is awesome, and everything Stranger Things was. Yeah. It was awesome. Stranger Things was fantastic. Anyways, we're talking about stuff we watched. Um, I'm also blowing through the Netflix original series Bloodline, okay. uh, starring Kyle Chandler of... Uh, Friday Night Lights television fame. Bunch of other people on there that are real good. Sissy SpaceX in it. She plays the matriarch of their family, the Rayburn family down in the Florida Keys. It's it's a very, very good show. The first episode starts off real slow. It's like just providing family dynamic. But then the last 30 seconds of the episode happens, and you're like, well, where's this going? Because they talk to you a lot in flashbacks and flash forwards. So it's... And it is a Netflix original, right? Netflix original, yeah. Okay. They've got two seasons, and uh, the first season so far is really, really good. I'm on the final episode. I'll probably be finishing that up later, and then I'll move on to season two because it's that good. Um, but the other thing I have in my uh, list of things to watch is the MTV series Scream. I don't know if you watched the first season. Nope. I haven't seen Scream since 1997. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Netflix rebooted it as a TV show. Okay. And it was campy, and it was fun, and I thought it was a really, really good first season. 
And I'm pretty excited for season two, especially because our old buddy Justin Essed worked on it a little bit. Really? Man, that's so cool. Yeah, so I like to support stuff he does. There you go. So I'll be watching that on demand later. Is he still down in Florida? He is in New Orleans, Florida, Georgia, working on stuff. He's constantly working. Follows the work. Follows the work. And uh, he did post the other day he got a sweet line on a gig, so we'll see what that is. He he can't announce anything, obviously. Oh, sure he can. I'm teasing. That'll be good. But that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, That and my Xbox 360, or my Xbox One is sitting there (laughs) being neglected. We were on vacation for two weeks, so I haven't had any... uh, Star Wars Battlefront time. <laughs> oh, okay. And well, the new semester of school starting, so I won't be able to do that either. See, you know, our generation, we grew up with the games, and then, and I know you and I used to play NES like crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, um, track and field. Well, um, you had a Sega. That was big time for well, me. Well, we had a Sega when we moved. When I moved from you, know, Sega was yeah, Sega was pretty cool. Um, but you know, I I find it hard to get into games, probably because I suck at them. Um, but uh, my boy, I mean, shoot, he's getting better at games than I am, man. He's right. only been playing for like a month and a half. So, oh, let's be clear, I suck at Star Wars Battlefront, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool to see. Uh, it's cool to play. I like playing. Shoot, remember you had a uh, PlayStation, and then uh, oh yeah, I I watch you play Final Fantasy. I love storylines to games. Yeah, man, I get sucked in. Like I've read most of the Halo novels. Well, sure. I haven't played. I haven't. I haven't even played all the games yet. But I've read most all the novels out there, and so they're a lot um, of fun. I love storylines. I think that's one thing games have done awesome since you know the development of PlayStation, um, and then on all the way up now. What's the latest thing? PlayStation Four. Yeah, right? PS Four. I mean the 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 storylines, and then the cinematic cuts, uh, uh, um, cut scenes in these things. Shoot, they're just like movies, man. Well, I There's think no that's one... what we like about them, and why we like I movies play. and TV is we love storytelling. Oh yeah. You know, um, I got a story or two to tell. Yeah, we'll uh, have some stories about this movie we're going to talk about in a second. All right, so. cool. <laughs> that's that's pretty much all I've been doing. Um, I've been playing a game on my phone called Transformers Earth Wars. It's a, I don't know, a tower defense type of game mm. where you build your world and then you go attack other people's towns and they attack your town. Except like your, uh, your Transformers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm having fun with it. But that's pretty yeah. much all I've been doing. And uh, uh, I watched the uh, Batman v Superman Ultimate cut, which Ultimate's a bit strong of a word, but <laughs> well, it's a superhero term, man. Ultimate, uh, like Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Unlimited what though? <laughs> so. Uh, so where would you, uh, we're going to start off every week, when before we talk about the movie, we're going to give it a rating. So okay. what would you rate Batman v Superman? Alright, and keep in mind, when we decided to do the rating system, it's 1 through a 10, and uh, we're doing everything in this, right? We're doing uh, the visual effects, we're doing the acting, we're doing the storyline, we're doing... I mean, pretty much anything you could think of, Joe and I have probably thought of it already and contributed towards the score of this. With that said, I am on the uh, the pessimistic side of this, and I give this movie a 6.5. All right. 6.5. 6.53. 
<laughs> What's pi? <laughs> no. Yeah, 6.5. 3. 6.5. 3.1415579. I don't know what it is, actually. Um, right. 6.5 out of 10, which is a respectable score. It's better than what they got in Rotten Tomatoes right now. Okay. Mine's more akin to what Rotten Tomatoes is saying. Not quite as harsh as 27%, so a 2.7. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Wow, so, man. How's this? <laughs> you sure you don't want to change positions? Well, that's that's why <laughs> it was fun to take this position, because I really, right. Adam, man, I had to sit here for a long time thinking about what I actually liked about the movie, and for a mm-hmm. while, all I typed was, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Stop. I hate you. <laughs> but there there are some respectable things that uh they did manage to fit in there and we're, we're going to talk about those but okay. we're going to start with the pessimistic okay. and uh we'll we'll uh see what you have to say you're just going to fuel my fire i think i don't think you're going to change my mind on much but let's see what uh you thought about it from the pessimistic view all right pessimistic view going straight into this and this is not my normal view on things but uh for this film it was a little easier to look at this for a number of reasons first point is it's dc all right not because i'm a uh, i'm a hater of dc comics <laughs> um i'm a marvel fan uh, if i had to be a fanboy over the two i'm a marvel fan before a dc fan but i like it but DC, for the life of them, outside of uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, can't seem to do a good flipping movie to save their lives. Not to the extent that somebody like um, Joss Whedon has done with Marvel. Um, And so... uh, I wouldn't say Joss Whedon's not the guy at Marvel anymore. I think it's the Russo brothers now. Well, I'm I'm just saying, this... When you take on something as big as Batman versus Superman, it's two of the biggest superheroes of all time. I mean, when you think superheroes, you think Batman versus Superman, so you think this film should be epic. But DC falls flat almost every time they do a film. I could throw a couple more names out there for the film for the DC realm, but anybody who follows it is pretty disappointed. Green Lantern! Green Green Lantern. Uh, There's my throat. I was going to bring it up, but uh, you did it for me. So that's the first thing. And so that just sets the precedence of this whole film. Well, this... go ahead. Just to make you expand more, these are great characters. Right. So why are they? Right. Why did Man of Steel, and why now Batman v Superman, what, what about them do you think is, are they doing wrong with these great well, characters? Well, first off, I think that's the first marker on They started the DC franchise off in a bad way. So I'm branding it DC cinematic bad form right off the bat. The second thing is, you jump into this movie with how much of a backstory on any of these characters minus Superman. And his backstory is shady at best compared to um, story set like Iron Man or Captain America. Um, you come into this film, the reason why the pessimistic side, oh man, you go through, perfect example, going through the movie, the Flash shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And he spews this, uh, um, these <laughs> half-drunken rhetoric lines of the overall plot that you don't even see. Don't get me wrong. They're building for something, but the problem is 
they're building something from nothing. There's no structure to this at all. And while I know they kind of set up the background while Batman is, you know, super pissed at Superman, but outside of that, there's no setup to the DC universe that they want to create through Dawn of Justice. It is just that. How can you have a dawn of something, I mean, and say, okay, this is the beginning, even when the beginning of this movie is so incomprehensible to what they should have built for this to be a foundation for anything on. So, um... And I think I speak for a lot of people. They watch this film, and it's just like Donna Justin, and then boom, Wonder Woman comes out of flipping nowhere. Right. Um, and then you get the t- little tidbits of Aquaman in there. Really? Aquaman? We haven't even heard or seen anything from Aquaman since the CW series back in, what, 2006, seven. Yeah, he was on Smallville. He was on Smallville, and they tried to do a spinoff. And once again, the actual DC uh, um, branding on that, Tanked it from the get-go. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> faster than a cigarette boat. I can just picture that 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 CW trailer <laughs> in my mind. Dude swims like a dolphin. Anyways, so um, that's why I think that was the big problem most people had with this, is the fact that it comes from nowhere. It's building the dawn of something that you have no clue. And unless you are – it's two bad things. If you're a diehard DC fan – it makes crap sense. If you're not a DC fan, it makes crap sense. Somebody like me, I dabble in it. I understand. I can pick it up. I'm not diehard enough to really care about what they did with it, but I know what they did wasn't right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the second thing. And then uh, um, the third thing, and I know they try to make, I know the movie did this on purpose, so you can't rebut like, oh, they're, they're trying to do that. They made Superman like a savior. Oh, uh, yeah, that's... Well... Made him made him the savior, and thus, at the end, he dies. Quote, spoiler. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, spoilers. We should probably quote, put that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, put that, up, put that in the... Uh, <laughs> these guys will ruin the film. Um, but most people, be honest, most people have already seen this movie. So, anyways. Uh, so, he dies, and I realize what they're doing with that. Yet again, they're setting the precedence for movies to come. But the way they did it and the way, I don't know, you, you, you put these two men together. You have this guy that could absolutely be, I'm a fan that Batman could be wiped off the earth, face of the earth from Superman. There's no contest there, none whatsoever at all. Um, and you could argue it from a comic standpoint, but in reality, um, I'm a realist a lot of times. Uh, you have the strongest character out of the three dying. Um, okay. But Batman's, well. grapp- Batman's grappling hook is fast enough to get away from Doomsday. Okay. Anyways. I think so, Wonder Woman's probably the strongest of the three, but we'll talk about that later. Ooh, I would disagree with that highly. But okay, yeah, we'll talk about I shouldn't disagree with that highly because um, you're probably right. I'll Anyways. explain why in a minute. Okay. So you come, you, you come from that aspect, and there were just gaps throughout the whole film, dude. Yeah. There, were, there were questions. <laughs> I realized they wanted to leave you with questions. But they didn't leave you with questions. They left you with annoying theory gaps. And that's not like questions. It's not like, ooh, what are they going to do with it? It's like, why the flip did they do that? Um, they didn't leave the right questions for the audience. So those are the main things. The acting was okay. It was good. Um, I'm a huge Henry uh, um, Cavill. Uh, Henry Cavill fan. Um, I like what he does. He does. Most of the stuff he does is really good. Um, I like where he's taking Superman from a 
um, from a certain uh, characteristic trait, um, personality standpoint. Um, I was shocked the first time he took off his glasses as Clark Kent. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's Superman. Um, well, yeah. I'm, I'm teasing. But anyways. But um, I'm going to jump yeah. on your side and be a pessimist. How do you make a guy, right, put in that much work? He probably gained 60 pounds or so. I don't know. You saw? Did you ever see the movie he was in where he was the Greek god or whatever? Yeah, Immortals. Love Immortals. that film. I think he did awesome in that. He was a lot smaller. Right. So he put, he packed on all that weight, you know, and he looks like Superman, and he's a minor character in these movies. Right. And that's kind of a shame, because the guy is a good actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a lot of fun in that spy movie he did, the 60s spy movie. Oh, dude, that was so awesome. Oh, um, um, The Man from Uncle. Yeah, The Man It was kind oh, of my. a bad movie, but it was a fun no, watch, and he oh, was good dude, in it. Oh, I dude, I, I would be the optimist on that one. I think they did <laughs> really good. I think they played. They did a playful, comedic right. um, spy versus spy. You know, it was just really good. It was really good. I it liked fun. it. It was uh, a lot more fun than this movie. Oh, well, yeah. Well, anyways, hey, Mr. Optimus. Anyways, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, and the other thing that really ticks me off about this movie, they cast everybody that's like five foot one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I get it. It's a cinematic thing, but uh, um, uh, that's not a thing. That's not a serious pessimistic point. <laughs> I'm just looking at one of the art co- or the, the, the cover arts for it, and uh, everybody around Superman is, is 4'11". <laughs> so, and that's most people in Hollywood, I think. Because Henry Cavill's only 6'1". Only. Only six six foot? He's Superman, dude. Come on. He, you know, just because Christopher Reeve was, what, 6'4"? I don't know. And I guess so was Brandon Routh. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, they adapted that. I'm, it's a goofy point. But so anyways, so those were my big things about it. Um, here's the thing. If you're not a DC fan going into this thing, if you don't have a good background on the whole dawn of the Justice League, or if you don't on the characters... Um, the flashpoint, my most annoying part about that whole f- film, probably, um, because at the end it makes no sense. It doesn't ask the right. It doesn't make you ask the right questions. At the end of the day, I'm a pessimistic because this movie doesn't answer the questions that need to be answered about what is the Dawn of Justice, where are they taking the Dawn of Justice. It asks a bunch of questions about what the crap are they doing, and you know, at the end of a film, you shouldn't have to ask what are they doing with this. The question should be, oh man. I'm going to have to wait to see what they're doing. And the question is, I'm excited about that. What are they going to do? Um, right. Not a sense not a sense of, uh, man, they got to get their act together. They have no clue what they're doing. So, Well, there's a lot of Easter eggs in there that are like trying to pave the way for comic fans. Right, right. But I'm, like you, I'm a, uh, I might be a little bit more of a fan than you, but I'm still very much a casual comic fan. Right. I'm interested in the the overall arcs, but I don't read a whole lot. Like I read the new Fifty Two right. Batman, but I didn't. You know, that's <laughs> and I read right. The Walking Dead, but that's pretty much it. Right. But like, it seems they're setting up Injustice, uh, which is a a video game. I don't know which came first, the comic or the video game, but they there there is a iteration of each, and in Injustice, Superman kind of flips the script and becomes the bad guy because he can. Right. Um, so, I mean, uh, back to the absolute power, <laughs> you go, go to the flash coming through the computer screen saying Lois Lane's the key. He obviously f- loses his crap because something happens to Lois. And that's, I think that's where they're going. I don't know who knows. Right. 
and I hope which they don't one, go much once farther. It, which is the thing? It totally. I, I know I'm with you on that because it totally blows the theory of who Superman's supposed to be. What they made Superman. Here's the thing. Okay, um, they made Superman a savior. They made Superman this ultimate, like you said, and he's a minor character, which is hilarious that they took it to the extreme with his uh, with his overall feel in the film. Um, uh, they made him the savior, and so even take the flashpoint. Lois Lane's the key. You are always right. You know, uh, um, you're going to tell me the savior of the free world. You know, one that sacrifices. Sure. Falls for, I mean, becomes ultimately what the Flash would allude to, evil, because of Lois Lane. Sure. Really? Come on, now. That's like saying. Uh, that's like saying I, I don't want to go there. Anyways. Well, this is also the the people who are copying the world. Where Batman quits being Batman because his girlfriend dies, right? You know, so I mean, so. it's you can't hold true to what the comic personalities, I guess, uh, would be. Because I mean, obviously, this isn't any sort of comic book version of Superman or Batman we've ever seen. I mean, Batman kills people, right? And that's you know, <laughs> every single other iteration of Batman, other than Michael Keaton's, I guess, he would never do that, right? You know, so I don't know. So. He's not the dark night. He's like the evening night. Because well, he's, he's just not a, that, just a criminal. He's the evening night. He's not that dark. He doesn't <laughs> care. Well, in this in the world they set up, Superman should absolutely stop Batman because he's a murderer. Um, yeah, I, I I see your point to that, but that's not why I think that. But uh, um, but yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> So is that what you got for the pessimistic side? That's, I mean, those are the, I mean, cinematically, those are the big things. I mean, there's more things. I mean, they're small, and we'll talk about those. <laughs> and I'll point out the pessimistic side, as you point out the optimistic one. So go ahead, optimistic side, Joe. I'm surprised uh, Jesse Eisenberg shoving a Jolly Rancher into a dude's mouth wasn't on your list. Don't get me wrong. Like, like you said, it's hard to say a, a good acting is bad. Um, I think they make a character, I think writers make a character bad, and then the sure. actor can execute them very well. I feel like the writers of Batman v Superman made um, Lex, Luker, Le- Lex Lu- Luthor, um, I think they did a horrible job with him. I think it was, it was just downright bad. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. I think he did awesome acting what he was given. I think he's a good actor. I oh think yeah, they- I love Jesse Eisenberg. I think his, the Lex they made in this was so. I, I would almost put uh, Kevin Spacey ahead of him. <laughs> At know, least Kevin Spacey was just doing an impression of Gene Hackman, though. So <laughs> the version of I'm just saying the written version, um, the sure. overall. So yeah, I think they did horrible with Lex. I think they did a, a horrible, horrible, horrible. While you know, while we're still on the pessimistic side, I will. <laughs> I had this thought the other day. If they keep going like this, right, they're going to just by default make Superman Returns the best Superman movie that was made in our lifetime. <laughs> right? That's like... Because uh, if you go watch it now, it's not so bad. Right. Well, that's kind of like if uh, if they were to tank the next four, uh, I mean, totally tank the next four Star Wars and make Jar Jar Binks look like a hero. Sure. <laughs> you know, who would ever thought? Right. So, I mean... Right. Who, I- Superman Returns doesn't need any validation. All all it needs is time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because at least they stay true to the character. Sure, at they, least they he's stay Superman. True to the 
here's 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 the thing. The problem with Batman vs Superman, they are getting away from the, the the original comic idea. Now, can you do that? Sure. If you set oh, up yeah. a universe that allows you to get away from that, because even comics do it within comics. Um, sure. But you set up the idea when Superman was was created. Um, uh, the idea was to create this person that is all good, this person that is an overwatch and a guardian of Earth. And what they have done with Batman very Superman, they have made this moral dilemma. I mean, they've done it with a lot of the superheroes, these, mor- uh, these morally d- dilemma characters that can't even process their own feelings, let alone um, protect and guide and uh, lead the world. So um, right. that's... Pessimistic. So, anyways, optimistic side. We could we could stay on this forever. So the thing um, like that uh, you have to understand is that that's the world they built. They built a world where Superman sits there and watches his father die. Where in the Donner Superman movies, uh, Jonathan Kent dies of a heart attack, and the impactful thing about his death is that there's nothing he could have done to save him. With all but, of Superman's power, with all of his hopefulness, he he couldn't stop his heart from stop it. right right know? and but for to have this man of steel superman just stand there and watch his father get sucked up by a tornado is right. like a slap in the face to the character Damn. and that's the superman that's carried over into this movie and right. uh, screen junkies uh have you watched the honest trailer <laughs> i i i thought i saw it a while ago it doesn't stick to my i watch oh I man binge, <laughs> i binge i binge watch those so they blur together. <laughs> well, the thing that they say is something like, uh, and Superman can't defeat the news. Because <laughs> there's a lot of this movie where he's just sitting there watching the news, and then he makes a sullen <laughs> face. Right. And it's like, well, Superman's supposed to be like a bright spot. Right. Know, he's supposed to be what we can't be, which is kind of like what makes him Superman, the Messiah that Jerry Siegel right. and Joel Schuster created, right? They're two Jewish right. guys, and they made their version of the Messiah. Right, he's a bright spot when we're dark, and he's not even human, but he's more human than any of us, which is you know. Well, and that's what I'm saying. You have these people that are supposed to lead, supposed to guide humanity, sure. protect humanity, be the guardians, <laughs> guardians of the galaxy. Um, no, they're supposed to guide and direct, and they can't do that in these films. Well, and because these films, that's not the world they built, and I don't know right. why. Well, that's. And like I said, I could sit back and we could tell you, well, they just try to build a different universe. And I think that's I think that's the argument that comes after the film when they find out like the idea and the versions tank. Oh, we're just building a well, you could... a different universe, and it's this doesn't work the way the traditional comic work because because you failed at capturing who Superman and Batman are. Um, and so even uh, so, anyways, so let's 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 go to the optimistic view because. Uh, 10, 15 minutes has been wrapped up in pessimistic stuff. <laughs> well, I think that would be probably most of the time. I'm probably going to blow through these pretty quick. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, one last so, thing, though. So we're, talk- we're talking about world building. I just want to get this point out there uh-huh. because it's relevant. Uh, Christopher Nolan, he built a world for Batman. Right? right. And it wasn't comic book Batman because that Batman behaved in a way that wasn't true to that. But right. that Batman always behaved in the way that Christopher Nolan set up. And the reason why I was able to accept that, even though, like, there's no way in the comic Batman would quit for eight years because a girl died. It was set up in the very beginning that all Batman wanted to do was quit so he could be with her. And the reason why I was able to accept that 
and accepted that version of Batman is because Christopher Nolan didn't go about changing his DNA. Right. The DNA of Batman is a guy who wants to do the right thing, who wants to fight crime, who isn't going to take life, who lives by a certain code, who is not willing... He's willing to do criminal-like things, but he's not going to ever become a criminal. Right. Right? And Christopher Nolan never messed with that DNA. And the thing that uh, Zack Snyder... He's he fundamentally changed Superman's DNA, and that's kind of what we've been talking about. Is he's right. just he's just not Superman. Is Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice bad movies? They're probably not four out of ten bad movies, right? Maybe seven out of tens, but they are horrible Superman movies, right? And that's kind of where my rating comes from. So okay, just to pile on. Now I'm going to try to talk about positive things. <laughs> <laughs> this movie suckage, suckage here, suckage there. In recent happenings, the good news about Batman. Right. <laughs> the first thing is I would I would love to be able to say that we didn't have to watch Thomas and Martha Wayne die again, but we do again. Like, why do we have to keep watching these two people die? <laughs> I mean, I get it that that's kind of what they set it up like that's what he dreams about most nights mm-hmm. is watching his parents die, which kind of keeps fueling him. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, the brutality of the murder was worse than this time. Is this a good point? It's a good point. I'm getting <laughs> okay. there. Okay. Where uh, Martha You're Wayne building. gets shot right in the face. You know, that was pretty brutal. That's how the pearls break. I, I kind of liked that touch. But the thing I really liked about it is it offers up Batman into a, a more established world where his career is mid, if not at the end, and we don't have to watch him go through, uh, you know, Ra's al Ghul training montages again. We've we've seen it all. We know the score, right? right? So I like that Batman's already been established. See, and this is what I like. You pick something like this up, and uh, I think it's really cool because I, you know, I, I don't give thought to, yeah, a parent dying is tragic. A parent dying in front of you, tragic. Um and I like how you picked up on the fact that, you know, even like even more so, and I guess it would fool your rage if you saw somebody shot in the face. That's even more dark, which I think adds to the idea of what creates Batman. So I never picked up on that. So that's cool. Sorry. Well, Batman is a psychopath. You know, right. but he made a promise. That's the thing. He made a promise in the comics at his father's grave that he will do whatever he can to make sure other people don't feel the pain that he feels. So he shuts off the part of him that is normal right. and he's fueled only by the rage of that little boy in a lot of ways he never grew up but he never had to because now he's an ideal right right and that and you can kind of see that in this version of batman that part of his dna is left intact where he he all he is is he's justice and he's going to inflict his brand of justice including branding people right un- until he dies or he, it all stops. So I, I really liked that. Um, I'll go into more about Batman later. But second thing I really liked about the movie is Wonder Woman. She was a real bright spot for me. Um, Gal Gadot from Fast and Furious movies, she did just fine. You know, mm-hmm. and when you picture Wonder Woman, you picture someone who's probably a little bit uh, more built than her as far as like a stronger physique. Right. But in the end, she's a superhuman, so it doesn't really matter how much muscle she shows. Right. She could just toss Superman or Doomsday or whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm. And I think Wonder Woman's a pretty important character as far as, like, uh, 
move like role models for women go. Right. Because it's been it's a long standing thing, and uh, I even they even showed this in uh, the Justice League Unlimited TV show, where Batman has files on all of the Justice League in case they ever go right. bad. He knows how to stop right. them. Wonder right. Woman's is empty. Hmm. And they're like, Superman goes, well, what's her weakness? And he goes, well, Throw Clark. a kitchen stove in front of her. Keep her busy for days. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Batman says, Clark, she doesn't have any. That was that was rude. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> if we ever get emails, you'll get emails for that. I hate mail. Hate mail. I see which, which, which role I'm establishing. But that, that does lead into my other point is that there's this whole feminist push right now. And yeah. they're doing it wrong. Like I'm supposed to like a Ghostbusters movie just because it stars women, no matter yeah. how bad it is. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to go on that this week. Right. <laughs> we don't have and enough time. I don't have problem with female Ghostbusters. I right. never will. What right. I have a problem with is with is with a bad movie. Well, a bad and movie. Then like, pushing the to make it good because of a movement that sure a political movement. Well, it also leaves nuts. everything in the dust. Right? right. Wonder Woman's been around since the '40s. Right. Always been a strong character. Right. Always never needed a man. It's already established, yeah. You know? And not... that was in the 40s. Then we go, yeah. let's go forward into the 70s, right? You've got two huge examples of great women characters who didn't need help from any stupid man. Right. Uh, Ripley from Alien. Right. Right? Yeah. Princess Leia from Star Wars. People act right. like Rey in The Force Awakens is some sort of revelation to the series. Princess Leia has been around for 40 years. Right. You know, she never needed any help. She's the one who kind of saved them when she goes down the garbage chute, if you remember. Let's let's not forget about Pam Anderson and Barbed Wire, dude. Well, sure, or even in Baywatch. <laughs> she didn't need no Mitch. <laughs> oh, barbed Wire. Oh. Let's make a promise right now to never talk about that movie again. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I, I think the Wonder Woman part's great. I think her movie's going to be good. You got Chris Pine in there, Steve Trevor. Oh yeah, and it's just gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, next, we're talking about Lex Luthor before about how Jesse Eisenberg did the did what he was supposed to do with the material, but the thing I liked about what they did this time is that he's just a lunatic. He's he he knows he's insane. Right. He's played as insane. Right. And many versions, I, I, every version. He is the hero of his story. He's got a sensible ideal. It's, right. It's obvious to him that humanity should hate Superman because of the threat he poses. Right. You know, in this movie, that role is given to Bruce Wayne. The normal role that Lex Luthor would take is taken over by Batman. And this time, Lex just gets to be a psychopath. Right. So I kind of liked that, that he, you know, there's no pretense. He's just a psycho. Yeah. It's like they took, uh, and I was with you on that. I watched while, while we talked to the overall character of Lex. Um, say what you want about what they did, the writers and the, the, the producers, directors, whatever. Um, Jesse did a great job with it. And I was watching it, I'm like, it's like they try to do a marriage between a entrepreneurial, um, uh, wanna-be-in-charge, wanna-be dominant, uh, Smallville. Um, who played uh, Lex in Smallville? Um, Eisen? Oh, uh, Michael Rosenberg. Michael Rosenberg. Then they, whoever wrote this is like, they look Rosenbaum? at Michael Ro- Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. 
They looked at Rosenbaum and said, okay, we like we like kind of who he is at his core. Then they went to the Dark Knight and looked at the Joker. <laughs> and uh, and they said, ooh, we like that. Can we mix these two together? <laughs> and, like, what will we get if we put these two people together? And so uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I think he played a great lunatic, um, sociopath, psychopath. Uh, well, the reason um, they did that is they even say it pl- plain as day in the movie, is they're focusing very much... I don't know if you caught this very obvious undercurrent, Adam, but Batman, Superman, and Lex Luthor are all orphans, mm. and they they're focusing on the tragic how that tragedy can affect you in different ways. Mm-hmm. Batman obviously becomes violent. Superman's supposed to become hopeful, but all he is is sad all the time. And Eisenberg goes insane, or Lex Luthor goes insane. So, mm. I I just like that there was no pretense this time. He's insane. Which, He's an insane person. Which just goes to show you that we don't have a very good foster care system because this wouldn't <laughs> even be a problem uh, if, if, if if these children could be taken care of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need better social services in Gotham and Metropolis. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So anybody listening, uh, adoption might save lives, people. Sure. Um, yeah. You could be so. making sure no Lex Luthers ever happen. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh man! Well, then there's a dilemma. So if you do, if you do adopt, maybe Batman never exists and crime is allowed to go unchecked. So maybe don't adopt, <laughs> or just hire him a butler <laughs> to raise him. Right? Right. Oh, by the way, Jeremy Irons, awesome. I'm Love. about to go into that. Oh my gosh! I think Batman uh, and Alfred and their relationship is like the legitimately the only good parts of this movie. Right. The only right. 100% solid parts. I think it's very funny, too, because when it was announced that there would be Batfleck, do you remember all the hate? Yeah, oh yeah. People hated that. Oh, it's, he's going to ruin Batman forever. He's going to be the worst Batman. Did you see Daredevil? I'd argue that Batfleck, or is I'm sorry, Affleck, while he was Daredevil, is the only good part of Daredevil. Yeah, it's Green Lantern Deadpool. You know? I mean, you look at, well, you looked at Deadpool and you look at Green Lantern and people are like, oh, they're going to make them Deadpool or the Deadpool they did in uh, Wolverine. Oh, my and they're, they're, they're tickled when Ryan Reynolds was coming back as a Deadpool, but he nailed it, which just goes to show you. I mean, it's easy to hate on somebody of a past performance, but honestly, really, actors, all they are is uh, adaptation of what's on the, the, the script in front of them. So, I mean, if something is poorly done, Nine times out of ten, it's going to be the people that set the movie up, people that set the character up, and that, that like I said, Lex, Lex in this movie. Um, Eisenberg did great. He did awesome at what he was given. He excelled at that performance. Uh, I just wasn't super crazy about what they did with Lex right. from a, um, from a uh, you know, structural standpoint. It's going to be the word of the podcast, structural, for me. So You know, it's funny, too, because like, I was walking out of the theater seeing Man of Steel. And I told my wife, I said, the only way this movie will ever be good is if Batman somehow makes him pay for destroying Metropolis. <laughs> right. And this movie, they tried to do that, and they failed at it. And then when they announced Affleck, I was like, Affleck's going to do fine. He's a very talented actor. Yeah, he's got range. The going to suck. He's got Here's a question real quick, and because you are more of a fan than I am, is Metropolis and Gotham really that close? <sighs> Man, No. I don't think so. Because it's like literally, it's like on the other side of the <laughs> on foot the other side of the bay, yeah. On the side of the like, yeah, the five hundred yard bay. I'm like, Talking oh, like hey, what, Oakland, San Francisco type of deal. <laughs> right, right. 
hey, it's like uh, Batman, Superman, seeing the way on the commute to work every day. <laughs> like, hey, right. what's up, man? Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Another. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's how it is in the comics or not. That's a, that I guess I've never really thought about it. Any any listeners that know, uh, maybe uh, uh, let us know on that. Drop uh, after you guys are done with the hate mail between the woman uh, stove and the uh, the adoption comments. Let us know if. Uh, well, I always <laughs> kind of pictured Metropolis as being like Chicago, where Chicago right. is, right? Because it's close enough to Kansas where they could drive to it, and Gotham right. is obviously New York. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's the way I always kind of pictured it in my head. Maybe this is like, uh, I, I'm just going to stop now before I make this worse. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that I think uh, Jeremy if Irons make- and Ben Affleck were the good part of this. And it, it, that's the only thing that makes me excited about this movie at all, is they're giving full creative control over to Ben Affleck for the solo Batman movie. Yeah, and he's a very talented filmmaker. I don't know if you've seen oh, his movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> yes. He's very. He's. It seems to me he's drawn a lot of influence from the way Clint Eastwood directs movies. Yep. And I don't think anybody's got a problem with the way Clint Eastwood do, does things either. But that I, type of tone, I think, is very, very apropos for right. Batman. Tell you what, and what I didn't know, do you know Ben Affleck's like six foot four, dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, holy crap, <laughs> he's making. And there's some shots where they don't they don't square off Superman and Batman right, and right. I'm just like, oh my gosh, they make uh, they make Superman look tiny. <laughs> and he got big uh, for the movie too, as you can see in his right. CrossFit scene. Right. <laughs> just had I'm to gonna, do it. I'm gonna hit a sledgehammer. Yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, no, you know it's it's fun. I think it shows the the actual strength because I think it's easy in a movie like this to forget that the, the skills of Batman because. Compared to the average human, Batman is superhuman for the most part. Sure. Um, I think it's easy to forget that when you put him up against somebody like Superman and Superwoman and then Doomsday. I think they did all right trying to bring him up to that superhero status. And I think that portion adds to it, especially from somebody from a physical standpoint, likes working out. I mean, you realize from that standpoint that... Uh, the guys that do put in the time, they are to the average person st- twice as strong as the average person. So I mean, making making Batman, making that scene for Batman, I think helped to an extent of showing that he is considered um, on some level superhuman. So because um, he can do feats that oh, normal people can't. So right, but, uh, and he probably shouldn't be able to do some of the things he did in the movie. But that's neither here nor there. Right, but I'm th- they. they <laughs> That was the setup, I think. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's why that became not a deleted clip. You know, usually right. something like that would go to the extras in the DVD. But I think they left it in there. And if I could talk to the director, you know, and ask him, well, why did you leave it? I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to show that he is, on some level, above par from normal humans. Well, that, and I think Ben Affleck put in all that work, and he wanted to be able to walk around with his shirt off for a minute. <laughs> Hey guys, check it out, dude! In, if you got in that I good of shape, wouldn't you want to at least have it on camera? Tell you what, dude, uh, I, I I like having it on camera, and I lose a couple pounds, and I still look like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I, there's a quote from uh, I, Kenneth Branagh when he did the Thor, first Thor movie. Yeah, he's like, you know, Chris, you know, talking about Chris Hemsworth, we don't really need you to take your shirt off here. He's like, are you kidding me? I've been working out and eating nothing for six months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my shirt off, right? 
At one time in this this film, I wanted uh, Ben Affleck <laughs> to just take a shot, do it like like a, a a camera to face shot, and just go, "I'm Batman." Right. Just once, just once, or you want to know my secret identity? <laughs> just once. But anyway, well, that's the other thing about this world. You said it. There's not a whole lot of secret and secret identities. Well, Wonder Woman's is is outed almost immediately. Lois Lane already knows who Superman is. You know, and uh, Bruce Wayne figures that out immediately. Because he's Superman, Clark Kent figures out that that Bruce Wayne is Batman almost immediately because he can hear him talking to Alfred over the radio. Right. You know, it's just like, <laughs> there's no there's no game. Right, I realize that. But at the same time, you're like, really? You're going to keep, I mean, you got a guy with unlimited resources. He's richer than Tony flipping Stark, probably. I shouldn't say he's richer than Stark, but I mean, he's got all the toys and gadgets that Stark has. And he's, I mean, he doesn't know who Superman really is, seriously. And you got Superman with all of his abilities. He's not going to hone in on the fact. I mean, they set it up where he flies up in the flippant atmosphere and he listens to the whole world. Right. And he's not going to figure out Batman's voice anywhere else in the world. I'm just saying, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, it's kind of refreshing to the extent to not, like, make these guys, (laughs) make these guys look like kindergartens trying to figure out you know, some some big sleuth. Mystery. He's got glasses on. I don't recognize him. Oh my gosh! Uh, it, um, I've been looking for Batman for seven years. I haven't found him. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm with you. There's a good and bad to that. There's good and bad to it. So uh, I got one last point, and it's kind of like a mixed bag. But anyways, this movie, like it or not, was about world building. It's setting up a world in which Zack <laughs> Snyder's version of the Justice League can exist. Right. Right. It was handled pretty sloppily. I think we can admit that. Watching some videos on a file to show you that these people exist is kind of bad, you know? Especially when he's, like, the greatest detective on Earth. He should already know these things. Like, that should have been his files anyways. Right. But it, it, it the payoff is that you get to see DC's Trinity in their little action shot, right? Right. Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman standing there ready for battle. And it, as a fan of comics that's got to get you kind of excited it's like the action shot in avengers with the rotating camera where they're all getting locked and loaded ready for round two or right on the bridge or the over the overpass Overpass, on the highway you know it's it's like that it's exciting to see them standing there together right so we'll see how it goes forward i'm not um too excited about anything Zack snyder might do with these characters i'll be excited for what Affleck's going to do. I'm excited for Suicide With, Squad. Yeah, yeah, I'm mm, mm, I'm hitting and miss on that one right now. Yeah. I can't I can't I can't make a mind. We said it earlier. Um I'm going to backtrack to your Zack Snyder comment. You said earlier like, you know, people like Michael Bay. We said this earlier before the podcast. Like Michael Bay is eye candy. And Michael Bay realizes that he is He's eye candy. You like looking at him? He, <laughs> oh man. I really Mom, this isn't how I figured this coming out. Um, (laughs) good thing mom doesn't listen to the podcast so no um cinematically he's eye candy he is there to entertain the pants off of you (laughs) eye candy entertain pants off you need to stop this um he's there to give you a great cinematic time he is there to make you sit in the theater and say oh my gosh that was incredibly fun um Zack Snyder, and I think you said it, I think Zack Snyder is the same style of cinematic entertainment that Michael Bay is. Different styles, 
but same category. Right. You are there to go and watch what they can do from a cinematic view and just blow your mind about um, uh, what can be done in the realms of creativity. So, I, I, Like I said before, too, is that Michael Bay knows exactly what he's doing while Zack Snyder thinks he's a serious filmmaker. Right. I think if Zack Snyder embraced what he actually is, right. he'd make more fun movies. And well, to this date, the best movie Zack Snyder's ever made was the, the Owl movie. Oh, Owls of Gahul? The Guardians, Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of yeah. Gahul or whatever. Yeah. That, that's a great movie. That was awesome. I think he did awesome at 300. I think he did really good at 300. Um, well, Dawn uh, of the Dead, I guess, was pretty good, too. But, but those are genre movies where he's not trying to be something he's not. You know, and he took on Man of Steel, and he wants to become some sort of... Or he took on The Watchmen. Let's go back to The Watchmen. Oh, man. Shoot. The Watchmen, the Watchmen was the beginning of this, of his... Uh reaching for the stars thing where he's trying to be something he's not. Well, he took, yeah, he took a vintage, he took a obscure comic that has, is very, has a lot of notoriety in the comic realm for what it is. And he tried to adapt it to the screen and that's hard to do, you know, especially um, from an aspect of what he is and what he needs to embrace. And Zack Snyder, if you're listening, nothing but props for you, bud. Um, I, overall, I liked The Watchmen. Oh, yeah, great um, movie. Jackie Earl Haley is so fantastic as Rorschach oh, in that movie. Gosh, I like just to guy. watch his parts of it. Oh, he, he's great, dude. I, you know, yeah, Rorschach, is, Rorschach was awesome. Patrick um, Wilson is Owlman. I mean, these are all... Or the Night Owl. Owlman. We're not right, talking the about Night Owl. Mm-hmm. DC Universe stuff, Owlman. Um, but... You Tell know. you what, I almost think Dr. Manhattan... He'd be in my top. He'd probably be in my top ten of strongest like superheroes of all time. Oh well, yeah, he's practically but he's never, <laughs> he's never on any list. You ever notice that? Well, I guess it's not fair. Right, true, true. So, all right. So, anyways, keep going. Keep going. Uh, that's pretty much it. You know, um, there are some there are some okay points to the movie. If you want to watch the ultimate cut. There is, you know how the plot's really convoluted in the regular cut, where you don't really understand why Lex Luthor is doing what he's doing or how he got it to be that way? Right. The ultimate cut um, puts all that back in, where you can see the smaller movements he makes to make this bigger <laughs> picture happen. We, we should have. We need to call and get the endorsement for this um, um, and play, because we're doing ads, right, to endorse our podcast. Sure. We need to find the rep for Granny's Sweet Peach Tea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got an unlimited supply. I mean, it's just... Granny's Sweet, <laughs> Granny Sweet Peach Tea. It'll blow your socks off. <laughs> blow your taste buds. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, this Sorry. is a movie... Like, Tony Stark's not going to piss in a jar, you know, because kids want to watch the movie. Make, making this movie alienate children a little bit and then like that cuts your the largest part of your base out i look at him and be like he's not drinking enough fluids man <laughs> that is way too yellow he might have put a drop or two in there or maybe he had the high asparagus day the day before you don't know uh, anyway but yeah mm. and the, i mean we could go on and on and on about the negatives i think about this movie i just listed some positives and i think we they're no, pretty universally th- agreed upon, right? I mean, I, I think they're great. Listen, uh, you know, I think uh, 
I think they did good. And one thing we didn't even allude to very much are the actual abilities they gave these superheroes. Um, I think the abilities they give, the way Superman flies, the way Batman uses his gadgets and the things that he has, the way they introduce uh, Wonder Woman, and they use the the lasso, um, they use her, her um, cuffs, um, sure. they use her strength. I think they captured, from a superhero ability standpoint, I think they did an incredible job. I really oh, you know. do. So did I Brian think, Singer. Right. I'm just saying, I think... Uh, for all the things that were, I mean, I, I, I think it's overwhelmingly that this is being bashed more than it's being praised um, because that's just kind of what they did with it. There are some things they did well, and I wish they would do with more superheroes. Um, with, um, I'm a big Hulk fan, right? Sure. Huge Hulk fan. Hulk is my favorite, probably favorite of all time. I don't care. You could say it's the first Hulk with Eric Bana, which I think Eric Bana did a, the best um, Bruce Banner. Um it could be the um, um, Ed Norton's, or it could be Mark Ruffalo, uh, Ruffalo's. Um, I love the Hulk on him. You could say how bad it was. But the one thing that they, they bugged me about um, the Incredible Hulk with uh, Ed Norton's is they failed to show the extent of the Hulk's abilities. They showed his thunderclap or whatever, um, right. and they showed the Hulk smash. But I think they failed to show Hulk's true potential in that. What I think they did awesome in Eric Bana's is they showed the Hulk leaping hundreds of miles. You know what I mean? They showed the abilities of Hulk really, really well. Was the animated version that good? No, not really. Um, I like, I loved it still. But uh, but that's that kind of goes to show you where people can fail <clears throat> at showing the abilities of superheroes. I think that's a good example. Um but with this, with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, I think they showed their abilities really, really well. I love um, the, the the lasers, the eye lasers. I mean, oh, yeah. is, there, is there like a real name for Superman's eye lasers? The heat vision. <laughs> yeah, Adam, you're a big Superman fan. <laughs> uh, it, the, the heat vision was awesome. Better than these, like, you know the old ones? They got these puny little lasers coming out, yeah, come right? Out his pupils. They look like they come from a laser pen, but these things look like it is like a like a his stinking, brain heats up, like yeah, like impulse <laughs> cannons out of control, like his head's about to explode. I think that's awesome because it shows. I think it shows one the raw power that Superman possesses, but I think it shows, like you said, um, the out of control Superman. I think that's on the verge. They show the verge of Superman's out of control ability, like. Like, he looks scary almost. Like, right. you see the reason why people fear him because of the raw power that comes from his heat vision alone. And you're just like, huh, yeah, that would be a bad day if he decided to turn, you know. Um, the little tiny laser pens don't do that, you know. So, um, or pen lasers, I should say. So I think they did a credible job showing these guys' his ability. Um, and sometimes I wish they'd focus a little more on those things. Because that's what people go to see. They go to see the actual ability of superheroes. The story is good from a cinematic point, though, and being entertained. But they did that good in this movie. They did that well. They did that very good. If you go too far with it, you get Superman getting shot in the eye with a bullet and it flattening across his eye. (laughs) It can get gratuitous. Right. Right. I get it. But uh, I, but I think that, like to what's that? I just think they did a very good job with it. They didn't overdo it. They didn't underdo it. I think they did well with what they. Uh, that's one area I think they 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 did develop very very well sure, in this sure. film. So, 
you got any yeah. other rebuttals from anything I said that why something I said is wrong? No, you know, um, no, not wrong. I mean, nothing that we haven't talked or heard on already, Dan. I mean, uh, I think overall, I think both of us agree that this movie has good and a lot of, a lot of good points, but also a lot of bad points. You know, <laughs> unfortunately with the movie, you want to walk out with the majority of good versus the bad. This sure. one, this one, it's too on par. It's too balanced. Um, and you don't want a movie that's well balanced on good and bad points. You want a movie that's overwhelmingly good points. Um, so, but, uh, not everybody can do a comic movie like red. <laughs> no. Anyway. Sometimes they end up like Red 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one rebuttal I wanted to throw out there is not really a rebuttal. While DC is absolutely, I think, failing in their live-action cinematic universe, I think they yeah. do a very, very good job with their animated movies. They're straight-to-DVDs. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited because next week, I believe, uh, The Killing Joke comes out. Which is oh, Batman! Adaptation of, yeah, Batman: The Killing Joke adaptation of the Alan Moore single issue. They call it a graphic novel, but it was really just a single issue comic, and it it gives you a version of uh, Joker's origin origin story. Oh, cool! Um, is it true? Even the Joker mm-hmm. says, "I don't know." Some days it is, some days it isn't. He's you want to know how I got these scars? It's it's like that, but it's uh, how he was created into being the Joker, and in the end, it. It ends with uh, an ambiguous, <laughs> does Gay Batman duel? kill him? Yeah. Because Batman starts laughing. And it it kind of is an illusion, and then it stops. I don't know. You'd have to read it, but it. I, th- I think that Batman kills him. He just can't take it anymore. But it, it's going to be a very good movie. They brought, they brought back... Uh, Kevin Conroy from the animated series and Mark Hamill from the animated series. So they get the the best version of Batman and the best version of the Joker going at it. And probably fun. the best version, one of the best versions of their story ever made. Oh, cool. Yeah, see, and that's where you definitely uh, shine more than I do. I mean, I've seen some previews and I've heard some, some discussion um, on it, but... Uh, That'll be interesting to actually see. So, and you know, um, the animated Under the Red Hood and the Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two—they're both excellent, excellent, excellent movies. Yeah, I saw the Under the Red Hood on your recommendation. Really liked it. it was awesome. Um, and then, uh, have you seen the Son of Batman? Yeah, those uh, after Justice League War, they stopped kind of doing one-offs like. Uh, Right. Under the Red Hood, Justice League, A New Frontier. Um, man, there's tons of them. I have them all. But, like, once Justice League War came out, I think, or no. Yeah, Justice League War. They started a series where they were the same voice actors, the same kind of storyline, and it progressed until now. What was the last one? The last one was Son of Batman, right? Or no, the last one was uh, Battle for the Cowl. I haven't seen that one yet. It's okay. But they're all in the same universe, and all the actors are the same. The art style is the same. Okay. Um, and I'm really happy to see Killing Joke take it a different way, because that was what I really liked about the DC movies, is that they were all kind of one-offs, and they had a different art style. Um, Justice League Doom is a really strong movie. 
Uh, All-Star Superman's really strong. Yeah, I like that one. That was really good. Crisis on Two Earths is really strong. So I'll be happy if they kind of veer away from that that series they had going and going back to, you know, thinking of something new each time. Right. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. This is Batman <laughs> v Superman, and I think that's pretty much all we got. Cool. Yeah, we're at P-O underscore E-D podcast. So P-O'd podcast. Underscore between <laughs> E-D. It's so clunky to say. Oh, my gosh. We're uh, P.O.'d. Education. Education. Crazy. And we're at P.O.'d podcast at gmail.com. If anybody ever hears this and wants to chime in about why we're wrong, please tell us. P.O.'d podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Uh, any ideas about what movie we want to do next? We'll give a little teaser. Um, You want to do... Uh... Do we want to do something on the different realm, get away from superhero-wise or new release and do something older? I have a great idea. What's that? One of my favorite movies of all time, The Thing. Oh, I haven't seen that since I was probably like 11, dude. Now here's the caveat. Let's watch The Thing and then 2012's The Thing. I can't remember when the other one was. Oh, no, it was a while. It was like 2010 or 9, wasn't it? IMDb will tell us. Well, I'm there. So, are you going there too? Yeah. 2011. Wow, now, good the, call. The thing about these movies is they're not. It, the thing, 2011 thing isn't a remake, it's a prequel. Oh, okay. It All shows right. you what happened to the people that the Kurt Russell team finds. Okay. So, is the thing on Netflix? Well, let's uh, let's maybe plug an app that maybe we can get um, some credit for. It's an app called Fan TV. Get what do you mean? Get some credit for? Oh, well, maybe they'll want to sponsor us. Okay, all right. So it's called Fan TV. Okay. And all you do is just download it to your phone, type in whatever movie you want to find, and it'll show you what streaming services it's on. Okay. The thing, watch now. Um, the new one's on Amazon, Apple, or Voodoo. Right. And then the other one is on Amazon, Apple, or Voodoo. Yep. Available to rent. I think you should probably just go out and buy 1982's The Thing because it's great. Right. Well, I remember it. Shoot, man, I haven't seen that in forever. <gasps> Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, awesome. So over the next week or whatever, we'll watch those two movies, and we'll come back and we'll play Pessimist and Optimist again. Um, It should be fun. All right, so join us next week on P.O. Podcast, where we're going to play Pessimist and Optimist again with uh, 1982 uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, and we're also going to kind of join that together with the 2011 prequel The Thing, and we'll see how they kind of compare and hold up very interesting thing to do a uh, <laughs> a prequel movie 30 years later almost like they stole it from George Lucas <laughs> yeah and don't be afraid to watch them along with us and uh, that way maybe you have your input on it too as we go through our podcast sure sounds good alright Adam alright Joe good talking to you buddy better talking to you uh huh <laughs> yay Michael Bay we'll talk to you later yay Michael Bay <laughs>
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.